grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. This is Pastors for Pastors, the podcast that supports and celebrates pastors of all churches and denominations. I'm Ken Broman, folks, your host, and I'm truly excited to share this week's podcast with you. It's the first of a two-part exploration into what it's like to be a clergy couple where both spouses are actively engaged in pastoral ministry. We're going to be talking with two clergy couples who are in very different settings, but who also share the joys and challenges that come with this rare but growing group of pastors. Today I'll be talking with the Reverends Jay and Dr. Aaron Bowers. Jay is a Methodist minister who pastors the Canaan United Methodist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And Aaron is the associate minister at the First Presbyterian Church in High Point, North Carolina. I should say that Aaron and I worked together for a little over 10 years until I retired in May. Aaron and Jay are the parents of two daughters, Martha, who is 13, and Helen, who is eight. I know you're going to enjoy getting to know this wonderful couple. So without further ado, let's join the conversation. Well, thank you both for uh, joining me and being willing to uh, uh, talk about what it's like to be a clergy couple, and particularly in your situations, uh, as you have uh, uh, pastorates in two different denominations, as well as uh, two children, so that you are managing uh, a household of four people uh, and both of the grown-ups, if I can use that term loosely, are uh, <laughs> are ordained ministers. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just want to start by asking the two of you to tell the story of how you two met, because I'm, I'm, I've always been curious as to how most clergy couples meet, because I guess my experience and maybe my assumption is that most clergy couples meet in seminary. Um, and, uh, and, and I know that's true for, for both of you, but I, I would love to hear that story. Yeah, well, we did meet in seminary and I usually tell people that, yes, that's how you get in this situation <laughs> is that you meet your spouse in seminary. Uh, the first time I met Jay, uh, yeah, tell him he, he was uh, in a bad mood. <laughs> I was taking, I was uh, two years ahead of him in seminary, and I was taking pictures of the new students. And we're both originally from North Carolina, and so I, you know, I was like, "Oh, you're from North Carolina too," and I tried to make small talk, and he was not interested in that. So. It didn't go very well at our first meeting. <laughs> so, Jay, why why were you in a bad mood? Let me, yeah, let me fill in the let me fill in the, the rest of the story, and you know, uh, so I was overwhelmed. You know, she's got two years of seminary under the belt and uh, under her belt, and I'm uh, basically, uh, you know, here comes Jethro Bodine from rural North Carolina to Princeton. And, you know, I'm like a deer in headlights. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I was not in a great mood. Uh, uh, 
I was just trying to figure it out and, you know, trying to look smart and, and, and go to the right places and get my picture made and sign my ID card and all that stuff. And, and she's trying to make small talk about Greek and systematic theology and being from North Carolina. I'm like, you know what, uh, ma'am, I don't even know. Lady, you know what, lady, I can't talk to you right now. But then later on, you know, as I got more comfortable with the community there in seminary, and it was a great community, uh, I, uh, I started noticing Dr. Bowers more and more. It was her laugh in the, uh, in the Mackay dining hall that got me. You, you could hear it throughout the dining hall, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, she would roar, and I'm like, that girl's got a really uh, good sense of humor, or just she's just obnoxious. Either way, she might be a good fit for me. I didn't, didn't say that, but I did want to get to know her. And uh, and it's all history from there. And one of the things that I I just love about your relationship is the fact that you got married in Scotland. T- tell us the tell us the story. We did. So we got married during um, the year that Jay was doing, even though he's a Methodist, he was doing a a year-long internship at a Church of Scotland church in Scotland. And it was the same year that I was taking comps for my uh, PhD. And and we weren't particularly uh, young when we uh, began dating (laughs) and, uh, and decided to get married. So, you know, we, we weren't going to wait a whole long time. And uh, so that was the year. I mean, that was the year to get married. Um, so it just, it seemed like the thing to do, to to just. Uh, there was no plan. There was no plan. What, so let's, let's, okay, let's, let's, let's tell some more parts to it. We were, I, I did a unit of CPE at Johns Hopkins uh, immediately before I w- left for Scotland. And Aaron and I, Aaron, uh, we would see each other uh, on the weekends that that summer. Um, and she was visiting Baltimore a weekend, and and uh, we were. I, I knew. I felt like I felt like God was calling us to be married, and I told her that we were walking back from lunch, like on the Sunday when she was getting ready to go back to Princeton, and I was getting ready to leave for Scotland. I said, you know, I think I think we should get married. The problem is, I don't know how this is going to happen because we have to get married, you know, next year and I'll be in Scotland. And so, you know, that's that's how all that worked out. She was going to have her comps. I was going to have my last year in seminary. I'm like, a a wedding didn't look possible in my mind. And so when I got to Scotland, I spent probably the first month there. And I, I fell in love with the community, and I fell in love with my supervising pastor, John Patterson, who is a, an exceptional man and pastor. And I just said, John, look, I know this is not part of the deal when I signed up here. I said, but I got this uh, young woman that I'd like to be married to. We want to be married. You think you could do it? Think we could do it here in Scotland? And that was it. I mean, John, uh, John wanted to meet Aaron to make sure she wasn't, you know, a nut job. <laughs> After all, she did want to marry you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that, that too. So, so uh, we got all that cleared up and it, it was, it was 
I don't know how to describe. We need another podcast to describe how great the experience was because it was it was great. Yeah, and and unusual. Yeah, unusual. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> we all wore the kilt. All the men wore kilts. The men from America. It was it was great, as they say in Scotland. Great. great. But we had our, we had our close family there. Our immediate families were there, yeah. and I mean the church was packed. Uh, the whole town came out, which was oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't cool. I don't know. Uh, you know when when Aaron uh, when Aaron walked in to uh, praise ye the Lord, and the congregation was singing. It was a, the force of like the community singing that was uh, for me. You know, it was beautiful. So. Talk, talk to me about um, what it is like to because working with uh, with Aaron, I haven't been able to really imagine what it's like for two ministers in two different denominations with two children to try to make that work. What is what is that like? Spiritually and kind of emotionally, I was not prepared for not being not being with my family on Sunday mornings, on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that part for me, because the girls go with Aaron, and <laughs> that was part of the deal we struck by her giving up her getting married in her home church in Raleigh. She she'd get married in Scotland if the girls would be baptized Presbyterian. So, so uh, no, but the, 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 really. That happened because in our first, my my first pastorate, I mean, my Sundays were 14-hour days. I would leave at 7 in the morning as a, as a youth pastor. I was there all day long. And it was just it just practical sense. Uh, it was it was smart for the girls to go with Aaron. But then, you know, they're, they're both baptized in the Presbyterian Church and love first prayers. And so, but the thing is, is that what's difficult is just not being with them on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It's different now that I'm a senior pastor and and uh, I get to see them some on Sundays in the afternoon and evening. But wow, for for over a decade, I didn't. And that was hard. So so you're going in different directions, uh, mostly on Sunday mornings, but all through throughout the week. I mean, Aaron said to me uh, years ago because I was having meetings all the time in the evening. And she said, look, you got to give me one night that I can schedule meetings, just one. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, you're right. So, you know, uh, I think that still stands, right? Tuesdays? We don't Right now it's hard to know what anything. There's a lot of, I'll call it, uh, you just have to be intentional about planning. Uh, most mornings, I won't say every morning, but most mornings we have like a team meeting, call it a team meeting. Usually we're drinking our coffee and it's just like this morning I said, okay, uh, tell me tell me where you need me, uh, but I got this, this, and this, so uh, tell me what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you, you have to communicate. And, and I think that's one of the blessings uh, with Erin yeah. is that she's, she's very organized and she's very good at communicating. I'm not so much, uh, but she is very good at, uh, ordering the girls' schedules. And, uh, you know, like during this pandemic time, for instance, I think this is just part of a marriage, but, you know, Aaron takes care of the schooling part 
And, and I, you know, the least that I can do, I'm kind of like the activity bus driver in the afternoons. If somebody's got a dance lesson or a, a swim lesson, you know, I take over and I sort of do that shuttling. Or even if they don't, you'll just like take them away. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a marriage thing, but just trying to balance uh, to balance things out, the, the division of labor and being respectful of each other. You know, I'll be like, OK, uh, girls, we got to give mommy some time. So, mommy, you get in the bath for however long you want to get in the bath and we'll go to the playground right. or go for a walk. So I don't know if we answered your question. What does it mean to be two pastors in, in two different denominations? You have to work at it. I mean, communicate, be intentional about your schedules. It's, I mean, it's getting easier now because our oldest is old enough to stay home with our youngest. So that helps. I mean, that she can't stay home for you know days on end, but you know she's old enough to sort of do a little babysitting for a couple hours. Uh, so that helps. It was a. I think it was a lot harder when we had an infant and a six year old. Yeah. And you had to, you know, if we had a conflict, we had to get help. Right. Um, you know, Suzette helped us That's sometimes. True, you know, lots, lots of people, lots of different people helped us. Um, and there were lots of people who were willing uh, to help us. Um, but so that part is getting a little bit easier. What about what about the the unknowns, the the emergencies, the you know, the the, the things that I mean, it, ministers right. are not the only ones who have this, but but a lot of people don't. Right. Their their lives are more predictable than ministers lives. And how do you do that when both of you? are uh, it could possibly get calls yeah. any time that you need to be somewhere else. I think we've been fairly fortunate that we never had, you know, an acute emergency at exactly the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes we have both had bad weeks the same week and it's just been tag teaming. You know, we just wouldn't see each other and it was just tag teaming in and out. I mean, I can think of two times when, um, there were fair, I was fairly anxious about what I was going to do. I remember one time needing to get to river landing pretty immediately when the girls were little and our, um, fortunately our teenager babysitter who lives two doors down was home. So I was able to get her there, you know, in, in four minutes, you know, and I could get to river landing. And then I can think of another time, um, on a Sunday, when uh, Jay was um, doing youth, when he was uh, still just um, serving as a youth, and he was out of town, and I had a funeral immediately after a church service. And so I ended up having to leave the girls just for a much longer time than I was comfortable in the afternoon, you know, because I didn't have anyone to um, who was uh, available. Yeah. One Sunday morning, I was with my confirmation class at uh, a Catholic church over in Greensboro, and Aaron and the girls got locked out of the house. I wish my mother. That was when Helen in- <laughs> Helen was an infant. My mother-in-law was there, and they were having to get to church like immediately. Because and- it was between services. And Ben Martin, uh, God, God bless him, drove them uh, 
drove all of them in his car to the church. So you're making, you're reminding me, Aaron, uh, just, you know, Ben and Sadie Martin, who members at First Pres, they lived across the street. We had a, a, one of my church members that lived next door to us uh, for, for years. But, uh, and our babysitter was at several doors down, also a member at First Pres, uh, High Point. But we, we have been blessed, Ken, I think, just geographically, by where uh, you know I, my church was, and obviously First Pres is close to, to home, and just having really two church families that have pitched in for us, I don't think we could uh, discount that. Uh, and, and when you're talking about how do we make it, I mean, you talk about a village or two yeah. church families. Yeah. That's how we've made it a lot, a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. What about the 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 two different denominations? I, I mean. It seems to me that uh, the the denominational issues of of one denomination is is enough to put a, a load on on two people. Much less uh, two different denominations having their own set of uh, issues and problems and and conflicts and all the things that have been characterizing pretty much all mainline denominations for the last 15 or 20 years. How do you all, how how do you deal with the stress of that? I think. um, I'm still dealing with it. Yeah, you're not done. (laughs) I mean, I think for one of the hardest things about, you know, we don't have like a lot of theological differences or, I mean, we do have theological differences, obviously, because we're in different denominations, but we don't, that is not a, point of contention uh, for us. I mean, I think the place where the denominational issue um, has come up more is, uh, you know, vocationally and in, in in the way in which ministry is just a job, mm-hmm. um, you know, and when, when you think about, um, you know, the ability to move or to, uh, you know, move up or to, I mean, I think we both feel like um, we've probably hindered each other mm-hmm. at different times. You know, at different times, it's probably been a good time for one or the other of us to move. Yeah. But not the other. Right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just I think our denominational structures affect that. That's, yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the thing that I would say. I mean, theologically, there's not not that much of a a difference, but it's a polity. The polity issues are the things that, that we wrestle with. And when you think and trying to think vocationally about, you know, how just being uh, personal and as a pastor thinking about how God is calling you and leading you at a certain time in life. And gosh, you start to understand that part of that call and, and part of that discernment is, it's not just you. I mean, there's there's a family and there's a spouse that's, hey, guys, are we all are we all here in this same call? You know, I mean, you have right. to you have to make sure that um, we're we're all on the same page. Yeah. So that 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 would be the challenge. The biggest challenge, I think, from a denominational difference. Yeah. Tell me how you tell me how you do manage your schedules. I know you've told me in the past, Aaron, that, that the two of you have lunch maybe once a month uh, to to put together your calendars. And, and maybe during the pandemic, that's 
that's changed a little bit. I used to call that family planning, which she would always say, don't call it family planning. Family planning. Something. (laughs) But we, yeah, we used to do it. You're right. We have not been doing that during the pandemic, but we used to have sort of a family meeting like that where we would pull out our calendars. It was always a little stressful, but it was always. Oh, God, it was really stressful. Yeah. It was like the calendar's a piece of meat and you had two wild big cats going after that piece of meat. <laughs> no, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Yes, mine. It's mine. My work is more important than yours. <laughs> this pandemic time period is it's hard to sort of say uh, how we do things just because it's been so uh, uh, disrupted and right. different and and I tell you what, I mean, it's also felt extremely exhausting um, trying to the decision making that you have to make now is seems like it's been doubled because you're it, you, you, you got a lot of details. Um, and, and, you know, Ken, from editing uh, services and, and Aaron is doing that now. That's a lot. That's a load. I don't know that church members understand what it takes to put together a service for online. Right. That's a big right. undertaking. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't done it does not understand how much is yeah. involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we, I, I don't, I'm not good at taking days off. And so that's, that's a problem. For that, that's just a problem that I recognize that I need to, I need to step away from church work one, once a week, yeah. uh, and my, yeah. you know, my my personnel committee has. I just met with them the other night, and they said the same thing. Huh. I think one of the blessings, uh, Ken, the blessing side of ministry for us is that we are so flexible. Mm-hmm. As pastors, yeah. you just. Like it's kind of you kind of have to be flexible. You you do because you don't you don't know what you don't know what the next hour is going to hold. Uh, that's true for everybody, but it's inherent in like the the ministerial life. And so you know if you have to get the work done at ten a.m. or ten p.m., it's you know you you can do it. And and I think um, one of our challenges also as we're like we're like kind of in a sandwich, a sandwich generation. I mean we we have we have aging parents and we have small children. So my dad passed away in December, and and now for me it would be re- it's really hard to even contemplate or entertain moving away from my mother. You know at this time. So that's an we think about vocation, vocation and call. I mean. All of these are things uh, Aaron's parents are in Raleigh. And, and so being flexible is one of the, the good things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, Aaron? I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's one, of the, that's one of the ways that this does work, you know. And then if you, you know, thinking about children, if you need to leave to pick up a sick child or do appointments or, you know, volunteer at a school or anything, that's all something that you're able to do in this life, right? right. Uh, this ministry life that you, the other, you know, professions aren't as flexible. Yeah. You talked about the, the stresses of the pandemic 
And I was going to ask you both about that, too, because uh, um, that's just been a recurring theme in almost all of the ministers that I've talked to since I started this podcast. And not to mention the fact, Aaron, that you've had to go through <laughs> the the uh, head of staff retiring and, and all of those right. transitions. But, but right. just, let's just stick to the pandemic for now. And <laughs> but how, how has that made life, in what ways is life more difficult now? Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, the remote, you know, we're talking about, you know, family. So the remote schooling is a lot. Um, you know, that's trying to, yeah, trying to work and help, you know, I don't really have to help our oldest that much, but help our youngest log on every day and, you know, walk through all these things. It's, you know, you can't do everything at the same time. So that's a lot. Um, you know, in, in the church, um, I, I feel like we're, we're somewhere different now than we were a couple months ago, but a couple months ago, I think I definitely uh, felt like I was holding a, uh, holding a very delicate crystal, mm-hmm. you know, base that I was going to drop at any yeah. minute. <laughs> it just, it felt like I was holding things uh, together and, you know, if I tripped, the whole thing was going to fall apart. Um, But I feel like we're, uh, we're on a little bit more stable footing now. Yeah. Here's what I would say about the the challenging challenges uh, in the pandemic and, and, and leading the church is that nothing you do is totally right. And nothing you do is totally wrong. It's like you live in this muddy spot of, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. Should we do that? Should we not do that? Can we wear our masks all the time or are we okay to take them off outside? Uh, it has been, I think, uh, just a miserable. Uh, and Andy Stanley uh, in Atlanta, they, his, his leadership team made the decision a couple months ago. They were like, yeah, we're, we're, we're done here for 2020 on inside worship. We're just we're just done, and so they just decided that we're going to focus our energies on online worship and loving the congregation and serving in their community as best they they can um, make with that decision. And for me, that's what I, like I I need, I would want something like that. In fact, I said to my leadership a couple months ago, "Can we say that? Can we go ahead and just say we're going to go online for the rest of the year?" And they're like, "No." It, it, yeah. No, nobody wants to do that. No, nobody's that, willing to that decisiveness of just making it clear. This is what this is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like Ken. We've decided. We decided a few weeks ago we were going to have outside worship during the month of October, and it was great this past Sunday. But guess what? This Sunday it's going to be raining. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back. We're going to be online. Nothing's right, totally nothing's wrong. Yeah. My, my congregation has been great yeah. for the most yeah. part. They have su- supported my decision, you know, and hadn't second-guessed me a lot. I think my sort of exhaustion and fatigue has come from peer pressure. Mm. 
in the area that I'm at, and there are other churches around here here wide open. Right. And I'm just right. thinking, how is this happening? Has the Lord put an extra special hedge of protection around them? You know, I don't right. know. But right. that, that part has been the part that's been difficult. What all would you like to say before we wrap up about uh, being a clergy couple, serving two different churches in two different denominations, and being parents at the same time? Well, one thing you didn't ask that um, I think is good about um, having the same profession. We talked about this this morning, Jay, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing that's good I think, about uh, having the same profession or being a clergy couple is that um, I think we've also been fortunate that we've never both um, been cynical about the church at the same time. Uh. It seems like one of us is always, you know, has a more positive outlook when when the other one is, you know, grumbling and uh, more negative about the state of things. So, so you can kind of lift the other up. Right. No, no, you're right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think that 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 has been uh that's been good. I think I think we'd be in a bad situation if we both uh, if we both turned into cynics at the same time. It'd be really bad. Here, this thought occurred to me, and I don't know why. Like Ken, seriously, nobody wants to be married to a pastor. I mean, really. Oh right. We did talk about that too. You know, nobody. It's like uh, at the wedding reception. You know, nobody wants to sit beside the pastor because they're going to be the wet blanket. I, I don't want to be that guy. So, you know, one thing that's great, I, I guess, just about being married to Aaron is that I think she and I together do a pretty good job of keeping it real with each other and not taking each other too seriously, nor our, our, our work. I mean, obviously, we have some very thoughtful conversations about what we're facing, sure whether it's a tragic death or whether it's an issue in the church or, uh, you know, whatever, or a sermon text. We'll say, hey, what about this? What about that? But, you know, we we I think we both have a pretty good sense of humor. And uh, at least one of us is pretty mature uh, about things. And so that helps. That's It's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, Ken, I've got my built-in uh, theologian in the there house. There you go. That's for sure. A reformed theologian, but that's okay. I, you know, I'll take it. You know, I got my own pocket theologian. So now, sometimes Jay will ask me a question, and then he'll be like, "You have three minutes." <laughs> that's it. I, I I think that's a great point. I'm glad you guys brought that up. Is that that uh, you know I I think I've been focused more on how hard it must be. To, to be a clergy uh-huh. couple. And uh, I'm glad you pointed out the fact that there are there are real blessings and advantages to having someone who understands uh, what you're going through. And uh, uh, when those when those times when one of you is feeling cynical, not not only can the other kind of lift you up, but but they lift you up because they understand being there. And and I've always felt that even a even a non clergy spouse of a minister does not completely understand um, those pressures and and those uh, those loads that you carry sometimes. And I, I I see where that could be a that I'm I'm sure that is 
uh, a, a real blessing to to have a, a partner who is also a, a, a minister the same as you are. Uh, so I'm glad you picked you, you pointed that out. But uh, and you are you are right. The two of you both have great senses of humor, and I'm sure that carries you through. Uh, a lot of things that uh, many of the more serious of us uh, probably would not be able to handle so well. And uh, yes, yeah, like uh, I'll text Aaron. You know, things will be not won't be going so great, and I'll text her and be like, "Oh, this is a bad day." And you know, she'll text me back. You know, keep having fun. You know, <laughs> God bless the Lord bless you and keep you keep doing. You know, I I, I get a text back that's kind of a reminder you know let's just you know keep keep going yeah. <laughs> I, I, th I think that part of about um there's there's a balance between um um not taking things too seriously and 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 being thoughtful about what we what we do right. and for i'm i'm grateful for for aaron for for being you know for doing that because yeah. <laughs> because i can get out of out of balance really easily I mean, that's how, who I am. I mean, I can go off the rails, and Aaron is much more steady. She is that. She is that. And that kind of brings us full circle to the day y'all met at Princeton, and you were in a bad mood. And I was off. I was, I was in a, a darker place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Right. And right. Aaron was right. just taking pictures for the yeah. for the for the what was then the school Facebook. It was the hard copies school directory. Oh, I was for your ID. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, whatever. That was a long time ago. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you for this time. This has been as delightful as I knew it would be. And uh, I, I can't wait to share this with, uh, with everybody. And Well, thanks for asking us. Thanks for having us on here. In a world where everyone is living in a heightened state of stress, we can only imagine, or maybe we cannot imagine, the stress of pastoring two different churches in two different denominations while also parenting two children who are also engaged in virtual schooling from home. And yet they are the ones who pointed out the blessings of their situation to me. I'm humbled and I imagine you are too. Next week we will meet another clergy couple who are in a very different yet still very challenging situation. This young couple in their early 30s are co-senior pastors of a busy 700-member congregation. My conversation with them was also so interesting that we will put it online a week earlier than usual next Saturday, October 17th. Be sure to watch or listen. And that's a great segue to remind you that Pastors for Pastors is now in both audio and video formats. Our audio podcast continues on all major podcast providers, including the new Amazon podcast platform. And now we have added a YouTube channel with the same title, Pastors for Pastors. That's the word pastors, the number four, and then the word pastors. I hope you'll check that channel out, subscribe, and leave some positive feedback. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, I'm Ken Broman Folks, and this is Pastors for Pastors.